0: good afternoon and welcome to another episode of a totally arsenal podcast i'm your host Mone and my co-host aiden
1: hi guys not the greeting i wanted to give i was hoping to play the champions league tune in the background but unfortunately it wasn't meant to be all this hard work and uh throwing it all away at the final game
0: yeah i mean you know it started off quite well i mean if you think of it we started with the, like almost like our strongest eleven um, but, uh, you know, same with the, with, the, with the start of the game also, something that was very, um I, I mean, I didn't expect us to go with a three at the back, because I was just thinking, since we did have the upper hand on Chelsea in previous games, I thought we were now going to go again with that flat back four, but okay, we went now with the, the back three and uh, wing backs. And look, uh, uh, to a point we did, you know, dominate that first half, uh, as I said, to a degree. I felt we started a bit shaky. I know you know
1: there were times in the game where we, you know, did control it, but I just feel that our passes weren't up to it because it seemed like we were trying one twos and went out of play. Look, it was it was the first half. You would say it was a very cagey affair, and there were moments that we'll probably mention throughout. You know, when we give a bigger breakdown, but there were moments in the game where a bit of Composure, and we could have, you know, taken the lead.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the first warning shot from from Arsenal was uh, a incident where, um, Niles and uh, Aubameyang interchanging some passes. Uh, maitland Niles and whips in a cross, like a, quite a good cross. Uh, Kepa decides to punch instead of catching the ball. He he punches the ball straight to Aubameyang, who of course doesn't like a snap shot and just fires the ball wide. So, I mean, for kind of first warning, but I think should have done better
1: then. Eh? Uh, should have definitely done better. That should have been one Arsenal. And for me, as a soccer player, and even as a coach, if you see a keeper misspunch a ball like that, so early in the game, you start putting pressure on him. You start giving him more of those to almost, you know, not let him settle. Because I think after that, Kepa uh, you know, managed to settle and actually was able to get composure in the game again.
0: But I think also, like, look, With regards to like you know the course of that that first half the quality from the flanks weren't the best because but for that cross on from maitland niles there was one that he was like he ended up just scuffing into uh one of the center backs and then there was also one where colise a few times getting you know into the acres of space left open by chelsea and you know not taking advantage of it which kind of i mean i'm going to still go in depth a bit further down the line with regard to especially this point, in fact, you know, in the game. Um, eighteenth minute luck is it and look for penalty, but it seemed, you know, way too minimal contact for, you know, a stonewall penalty. So I mean, I I had no actual problem. I mean, I think if it gone either way, we would have probably thought, you know, it was a lucky pin we're gonna get there. But, you know, the ref saw otherwise, he didn't even I don't think even VAR really took that much of a look or interest into it. So was
1: it or in the final, by the way, sorry. Yeah, I, there was oh, oh, I actually then thought that, in my opinion, I, maybe I'm a bit biased, but I thought that was a bend, just because of the contact on Lacazette that brought
0: him down. Because I think, like, I mean, my take was, and I think, that's I think Martin Kiyon also said in the studio, like he felt when Lacazette burst in the box, he was already starting to lose his balance going forward and it's not like any little touch like that. The ref was, even if there was now, I mean, I did see a hand on his ankle, but, you know, it's you know, six of one-off, does not the other type of thing. You know, it could have gone either way. So, you know, the ref allowed for play to go on. A good point you ma-
1: mentioned about Kolasinac, just just the way he, there was a time, uh, there was a picture on Instagram, actually, which I actually captured, uh, where uh, Kolasinac had, a bombing and like I said, to aim at in the box, not even to aim at, just put the ball in the cross the ball, and he managed to mess that up. So it, it comes across as that like our wingers, we, we that's why we need wingers in the summer, somebody they can put the clinical ball in there. All the striker needs to do is put their foot in, and you know one 0 Arsenal. Yeah.
0: And I mean, like with Arsenal domination, my biggest worry was also, you know, is not just now keeping the track now in the first half. You know, Charles said if they're all right flank under for most parts, because, I mean, Aspilicueta was, you know, just bombing up forward, and at times, it seems he did not care that he was now leaving this space open on that, because I thought to myself, you know, there's that zone that's now there to be picked at, so go for it. And I mean, for me, it, what was frustrating is like, you've got somebody like colasina to a seasoned pro, and, I mean, he just did not take advantage of it. I mean, it was so annoying, because you could see, Xhaka was always pinging I mean at times even Ozil they were every time pinging balls in that that little pocket of space for him to do damage with then he was either not there which I mean of course made the pass look bad and then of course the other side of things was like when he did come in it wasn't he was never doing really first time crosses and I think that was the the quickest slicker passing we would you know have done I think we could have come on the end of some of these things but every time when he comes to the box and I mean it's just not this game now. I'm talking about previous games also. He always does that extra little touch in the box. And I'm thinking does have some confidence in your own game or your own, you know, your playing style. Cause that's also the gripe I used to oh I, I would normally would have with, with Iwobi. Because you've got people that, that can't get through. I mean look they can get through from their uh, box to the offer line from the awful line to the opponent's box. But then from there on it's not like they have a blackout and they don't know what to do with the ball. I mean I don't know what's your take on it.
1: The first, what frustrated me, besides all of the things you mentioned, is that the amount of times Kolasinac was getting caught offside. I mean, come on, if you, we're exploiting this space, you don't get caught offside like that. I mean, there was a few times in this final as well where Kolasinac was offside, and I was like, really? you attacking from deep, you should not be offside. And just like you mentioned, it's like, just like he wasn't getting there in time to the balls, which made the passes look bad. It seems like his fitness level is not where it's supposed to be as well for that position.
0: And I mean, as a, you know, like the midway to latter part of the of the first half, you could see Chelsea were now starting to gain momentum. And in my mindset, I was thinking, if we don't get anything this first half, then I mean, things could be bleak second half as well. Now, what I was thinking, you know, leading up to half time, because I was just thinking, Chelsea would not, I don't think Chelsea is going to be that bad in the second half, you know, like after, because. I think the coaches would probably also have picked up, you know, where Arsenal were finding these little gaps and all and, and, pockets of space. And I mean, like, as we switch our attention now to the second half, uh, starting and sorted it out, or his coaching staff sorted, sorted it out, because the minute that second half started, Arsenal like, well, did no real bombing forward, so uh, so like he started playing a more deeper role, or oh, actually the whole, like, uh, both uh, left and right back of uh, Chelsea were now sitting a bit deeper now. so. They were already cutting off the channels that you know the pockets that we were not trying to pick out. So they were getting more disciplined now, and I mean we almost like we didn't have everything. In our locker to pick this, or we never like a plan B to you know work our way through this. We didn't have that player.
1: Like you said, there's
0: there's two types of players
1: you could have had for a game like this. Was a Olivier Giroud type player where you could eventually just bomb balls forward and you would be able to win the aerial balls, and you can take it from the second ball. Or if you had those type of wingers that had creativity on the ball, would take you on, bring you to the touchline and walk across cross in. We didn't have any of those and we didn't have any individual players like an uh, Eden Hazard type or Alexis Sanchez type where he's going to run at the defender all the time until something happens. We just yeah. had, and we lacked
0: imagination. And I mean, now, what was also happening was, especially that latter part of the first half and now going to that that second half, uh, when it started, Jorginho now started dominating the ball more because... Since Ozil was playing that role that Ramsey was when we played Chelsea and we, you know, totally wiped them out at the Emirates, he was now, since Ozil was in that Ramsey role per se, it was almost like he was now not doing that sort of tracking that uh, Ramsey was doing where, if you think of, if you think back to the, the game at, at, at the Emirates, Ramsey was constantly on genius ankles, you know, breathing down his neck. He had no chance to even turn because, I mean, I remember you and I had a chuckle of, he was like he ended up like Jorginho ended up just hacking the ball into touch at times because he did not know where to go with the ball or he used to, he was just kicking the ball back to his keeper because there was no real outlet going forward because he kept on you know blocking all these little exits for him and I mean with Ozil now it was always like this is going to be easy time for him because now he had more time in the ball because you he know he's not being tracked and like while you saw him you know darting into various spaces on the pitch you just saw Urzel prodding around and not really. I mean, it was like a headless chicken at times because he did not know, or he does not have that side to his game. Because I mean, he, for him it's not just, I'm gonna help with assisting going forward, but you don't really think, okay, I need to also help out in the back, especially in a game of this magnitude.
1: Yeah, then Sadibol took over. I think the moment oh. his son got the freedom of uh, Baku, he, he started dictating things from the the back, and like, it seems like. You you mentioned to me you know in a private message why didn't they stick to Quintero on the pitch instead of um, Torreira? I, I'm not Torreira instead of Uzel and then have Torreira sit on um, Quinto, um on Jorginho and just close him down consistently. Even even if he could have done that in the second half, Emre should have done that in the second half. Seeing that Uzel wasn't doing much, even at one 0 down, he could
0: have changed it up a bit. I mean, even like my take is just Torreira is going to offer you more. Like, physically. Because, I mean, it was gonna go, it was a game that was going to go toe-to-toe physically, like a physical battle. And it's just, we had, say, some that were not trying and whatever, but, I mean, you end up having somebody like Mesut that he's not going to be there for a scrap. You know, when you need somebody to, you know, roll up his sleeves and put in a real shift. And, I mean, a shift was needed the way they started now just, you know, swarming us, dominating us. And, I mean, on 49 minutes, what I dreaded became in reality when – emerson again this is not lack of discipline and this is what i'm looking at using like you know like if i'm gonna sway or something but i mean i was really pissed off because for me emerson somebody you know he really does go on walkabouts but i mean it shows you how the confidence was was being gained in the old squad where he started even pushing higher up now all of a sudden you know where they were like I thought they were just gonna sit deep and and, and sit like it, but it's not like they were taking turns like sometimes it would come from the left flank or the right flank but they would always have almost like the protection at the back but they also had that that uh, one of their fullbacks would be a bit adventurous and go forward and he took that chance at the time he was not closed down by maitland Niles or anybody in the midfield really coming over to help and i mean emerson then whoops in across and uh again shoddy shoddy defending by arsenal because only... I don't know if he, he was too scared to wipe out Giroud or what. But so timely puts his leg up. I mean, it wasn't... You couldn't even say it was a real tackle or attempt of a block. And I mean, Giroud just powers past him with a diving head and he steals the header pass Check. 1-0 Chelsea.
1: Yeah, i, I felt it was up bit I think if a Socrates would have been there, I think Giroud would have been taken out cleanly, but with ball and all and maybe, you know, would have had to be stretched off or something like that. Could, um, Socrates... This whole game you could see he wasn't there to take any nonsense. He was yeah. going to take you out. He wanted the he wanted the trophy. And I don't know if it's because of the French connection or there were teammates that you mentioned because um only put his leg in there very tamely. Instead of like, you know, uh, getting there and knocking him and you know, knocking it out for a corner or something and one-nil down, like you said, and you know, that kind of opened up the game
0: for Chelsea. And I mean for me, what what also what I liked was, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up with regard to Socrates. He was actually up for the scrap. Because, I mean, he took no prisoners. Everything was hard but fair. And, I mean, that is what we needed. But for me, there were too many. Like, for me, when I see the, the you know, Koscielny's type of defending, what he did there. I mean, look, he played a blinder in Valencia. I mean, if you think of some of that that saves that he was also making early on in that game. Or even at the, at the Emirates also. The, some of the stuff he was pulling off defensively. But, I mean, for me, it, it reminded me, I mean, I'm sorry to send some of you guys back on a bad memory trip, but it reminded me of that Birmingham City game where we got, we get to that, that League Cup final and, you know, total indecision leads through to, you know, the the winning goal being scored. And uh, for me, it, for, you know, like a split second, that sort of thing popped in my head again when I saw that sort of defending. So, you know, that half-hearted type of thing, not, you know, really going through. Because, I mean, I thought he was going to, follow through, ball and all. Because, I mean, look, you, you take no prisoners there as a defender. And I think that is where we ought to tame as a team at the back.
1: Yeah, in a situation like that, you know, final, cup final, everything on the line, Champions League spot on the line, even your club's future of how we can move forward, you you will get the ball and you go going hard. I mean, Giroud put showed bravery. Big ups to Jeru for that. He showed bravery putting his head there. On another day, he could have been concussed and laying, you know, out of it.
0: And I mean, on the hour, a poor uh, pass, um, Kovacic then nips in who then picks out Hazard. And I mean, the Belgian then picking out Pedro with a fantastic ball. I mean, look, Azad is what, you know, I think Azad is the number 10 that we all longing for, somebody like that. And I mean, he ends up picking out Pedro and I mean, with smart finishes, makes it 2-0 Chelsea.
1: I think at that point, heads dropped and, you know, my head dropped. At 1-0, I thought, you know, there, 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 there's hope. But at 2-0 down, I just looked at the Arsenal team currently and I thought, where is this goal coming from? I don't know where it's coming from. I couldn't see it happening from the
0: guys on the field. And then I'm in mean, 65 minutes. Uh, ball gets played in the Arsenal box. Maitland now is totally unaware of what's happening around him and he ends up just bundling Jeru over penalty Chelsea. Soft
1: penalty, or or do you think
0: it was? Stonewall. Stonewall. It's just, number one, he he was so unaware of his surroundings, what's going on. And, I mean, nobody's also giving him a shout that Jeru's going to dart in. And, I mean, look, has always been doing this, and he's always been winning penalties like that. People just do clumsy things to bundle him over. And, I mean, for me, I had no problem with it. And uh, Hazard steps up, dispatches the, the penalty. And, I mean, for me, that was game over.
1: Yeah, um, for me, when I was I just was a dagger in the heart, and you know, I, I felt, uh, but embarrassed to say this, but I felt my eyes whiling up a bit as I was watching this game at the Arsenal pub, by the way. And uh, the
0: hurt uh, was there, I thought all oh, this hard work, everything going down the drain. I mean, I actually felt just like numbing. So, I mean, I never ever sort of reaction. I didn't know whether to be shocked or to shout or to do anything. I mean, that's how I felt, because it's like, you know, when you've been really beaten in, in whatever sport, you know, you're well through the having your ass handed to you. You just know you're not even going to have us in, you know, any sort of comeback or a, qu- a quip or, a, you know, a banter back type of moment. So it's like we were made to look like a banter club for me, to be honest. Why, why is
1: it that, that Arsenal's never the team that comes back? You know, we, we, we saw the likes of Spurs, we saw the likes of... Liverpool, even United, you know, away from home, come back. Arsenal, three goals down. You know, you, you're hoping for somebody, but Arsenal just aren't that Club that showed it. And I mean, the two of us have seen how I many heartbreaks in finals.
0: But for me, this is probably one of the worst finals I watched as a kind of... Quite humiliating defeat, yeah. Because, I mean, if you think Cup Winners cup with uh, Real, like that. that was like, I mean, injury time, long range shot... Uh, that Galatasaray thing in the penalty shooter that could have know, swung yeah. away the Champions,
1: Barcelona
0: uh, we were already hamstrung early on in the game but I mean as you said this was it was humiliating to see a defeat like that um just want to go back to the game uh Iwobi then bagged the consolation goal you know with a super drive because he came on for was it Montreal if I'm not
1: sure yes 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 it
0: was from Montreal oh, and then Azar then you know even though we scored that consolation, I mean, you also knew something was going to still come from Chelsea. And I mean, the deal in the seventy-third minute, where Azad interchanged passes with Giroud, and I mean, he tucks away the return pass four-one. You know, a route complete Chelsea. And
1: kind of a similar Giroud cross he gave for Arsenal against Chelsea in the FA Cup final. You know, where they just he got the ball and gave it like a not even a touch, and it just the cross looked up new ways partner was in the box and found him and at 3-1 for me i thought you know arsenal might have the that energy and that excitement and the adrenaline to maybe push on and shortly after that you saw the chances we were missing if we put that away you i know it's you know if and buts but if we put that away it's maybe four two four three and suddenly it's pressure on again but we were missing easy chances of bombing like i said our world class guys, or supposedly world
0: world class, you didn't have the bottle to put those chances away. Mm. And I mean, like one thing that also stood out for me um, in the game, uh, you know, it was like the good and bad side of football. The good side, in a way, is like you know seeing Torreira in tears coming off, and in, you can see it's somebody that's you know being you know hurt deep down for you know the sort of defeat. And I mean, it, it, you know, it shows you what the club and, you know, what wearing an Arsenal badge means to him. And then you go to the flip side of it, the bad side, when you see you're already chasing a game and you see somebody like Ozil having a, uh, you know, a petulant moment uh, having to be subbed by Chris and or Joe Willock, sorry. And he, the way he walks off the pitch, you know, petulantly, and then he still had some words to say to uh, in Emery's direction after being subbed. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you even, you know, opening your mouth, you did absolutely nothing in that second half, but just uh, gather a few kilometers on uh, by running <laughs> into, and I mean, not even really running and breaking a uh, real sweat. So, I mean, and, and if you think of it, Willough did in like what five minutes there more than what Urzel did in that whole uh, that you stay on the pitch. So, I mean, yeah,
1: he <sighs> Ew- wovey was actually, you know, he came on. Um, and actually created and done more than the whole team that went for ninety minutes, and that's a scary thing to say.
0: Yeah, and I mean, what, what? I mean, this goes now for first half as well. Why are we always playing this slow? I mean, you see some Emery urging to go forward and to, you know, to push or whatever, and we play this sort of pedestrian football. And, and I think, I don't think he. Or, or these guys can be trained this anymore. I think the only way we are going to go forward with, uh, you know, with, with regards to the team and and our, our style of play or Emery's style of play that he really wants is when Emery actually brings in his sort of player that's going to actually drive and put fire under these players' backsides.
1: Yeah, I felt sorry for the guy. And, you know, um, many many times as an Arsenal fan, you look at Wenger and you are like he doesn't seem mo- like asked about what's happening, but. I look at Emre, yes, he could have gotten things that were wrong, maybe he had a certain plan the guys didn't follow, but you could see he was disgusted or disappointed in what had happened, because I'm sure he didn't expect his players to collapse like they did. He he literally felt... I could see the pain in him, actually.
0: Because, I mean, for me, you you know, I thought, if the players were going to leave it all on the line, or leave it all on the pitch, you know, if you you, you just think of, uh, say, Ajax, Tottenham, where You know, when Tottenham scored the winning goal, that whole uh, Ajax team just collapsed to the ground. Yeah. They played themselves into the ground even though they were not done on the night, like late on. But with us, it was, nah, we're going through the motions and and we're doing things at our own pace. Because for me, I mean, of course, Chelsea were not going to play really in our second half. But, I mean, you could see Chelsea were worried the minute pace was coming at them. Look how they were trying to act down Willock, they were trying to act down uh, Iwobi. Because they were driving at them the whole time and they did not like that. And yet we, like we play for like, what, 70-something minutes and we're playing this pedestrian football to allow Chelsea to keep on blocking all these little channels that we're trying to get through.
1: So, uh, shocking end to the season but, uh, you know, big ups to Peter Cech who I actually gave a lot of stick for yeah. The, yeah. last week actually, but for me he was our man of the match. He was the guy that If everybody played like Peter Chick did, we would have won the final. I think.
0: I mean, it would have been way, way worse. I mean, some of the crap that I saw online, regards to people making comments about Chick. I mean, then your things wasn't even like a percent of the things I've seen with you know with criticism of Chick. But I mean, for me, that that defeat could have been way worse because. Some of the stuff he was pulling off his, the whole defeat, defense was already beaten, and he, it came down to him and one of the attacking Chelsea players, and he was pulling off save after save after save. It
1: wasn't a, it wasn't a proud moment to be an Arsenal fan, but you know we take things on the chin, yeah. and you know we have to hope next season somehow there's some funding coming in, or there, there needs to be something new because I, I, I can't go through this again. Uh, the same thing over and over, and it's like a never-ending circle. If we don't get into the Champions League, we're not going to get investment. And if our club owner is not going to pump investment to the club, we're going to fall short again like we are now. Because it's always going to be that one club that's going to fall into the Europa League that's going to give us trouble. You get Atletico Madrid you like last season, Chelsea
0: this season, and you might get the Man United next season. And I mean, if you look at it also now, with even top four amb- ambitions for next season if we don't invest right and get you know decent plays that, that can push us a level you know even though we might have say a smaller budget but i mean you can see now teams like wolves are going to get extra funding now from the owners uh, newcastle are about to be born by a, a oil chic from, from i think dubai or something like that so i mean there's extra money because i i'm from the herd their budget probably was gonna go from something like thirty million that they had to about two hundred million for, for the summer.
1: So Yeah, I think it could be that Man City's brother, uh, Man City's owner's brother that could be buying them.
0: Yeah, so I mean now it's already taking oh, opening up the playing field now even more now. So in the end it's not like we're gonna be uh like a group of teams that's gonna be clustered fighting for fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth like that. And, and, and top four is going to start being almost like out of our reach. And at the moment, it's not like we're trying to just keep our fingertips clinging onto the ledge, trying to just stay in in contact with the top four at the moment. And I mean, I don't know how. Look, for me, from what I heard now, was it late last week, was Emery actually wants to meet now that Vinay and, and Raoul and he with regards to, you know, it was like giving uh, him almost like extra money. Or giving the club extra money to you know get you now additions in and I think what is also going to be vital getting edu on board as soon as possible because I think he's going to also have to somehow, you know almost like twist vanai's arm or raoul's arm somewhat for them to you know tell stan and then you know you have to I mean I know you're not uh, he doesn't normally fund the club because I mean he, he wants a self-sustained club but it's going to come down to some extra money It's going to have to come in from elsewhere and I don't mean now sponsor money or something like that. It's going to have to come from the owner because the same way that that Henry guy of Liverpool has done it where he's uh, taking the money out of his own pocket to find the club, same way it's gone with, with Man City, same way it's gone with with uh, even Tottenham with the... Look, they have, they have expenses and that with the stadium but I think they're also going to come now in with with some sort of budget if they're going to sell off maybe one... Like I think there's talk of so they can you know, they might sell Ericsson and I mean they could get like close to a hundred or more just over a hundred million for him. And I mean that they can again pump into the squad with quality players. Yeah, the thing is we need
1: you need an owner that has emotion, who loves football as well to an extent. I mean, if if you don't love something and it's just making you money, you're not gonna be asked to put your own money in, you know, you you're not going to it 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 does nothing, it doesn't give you any joy. I mean Ivo um, Bramovic, I know I still have a go at him. He sucks the managers, yes. But, and maybe sometimes the fans at some point get a bit upset about it. But if you look at the fans overall, they've been happy over this past few few years. I mean, how many trophies have they not won in that period as well? Yeah. Um, yeah so, at the end now,
0: I guess we round others off. Um, I just want to say, that we're going to do... Uh, probably another pod soon within uh, today still because we're going to do now a, a player rating, uh, you know, our analysis with regards to in the course of the season, how we have now rated the players and that, so I think it's basically we're round off here and I hope you guys have a good weekend and enjoy the next Next podcast that comes up in a probably half an hour, or so thanks. Bye.
1: See you guys. Cheers.